I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it. Just something about the game. The feel of the grass. Smacking the ball all over the field. Making plays. Diving head first, whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what wiffle ball means to me. Striking out grown men. Watching their knees buckle on a called third strike. Set out, bud. And then, of course, the home runs. The base hits. The big, big home runs at the big moments. That's a whiff of greatness. Join us all season long for the Joe Aguirre story. A CMG podcast. What's going on, everyone? We got a big crew here today. We are joined by Sports Talk with R&J, a little matchup of uh, shows here because it's the biggest time of the year in the basketball yes, world. Uh, yes. Besides the NBA playoffs, we got March Madness coming up starting tomorrow. Uh, obviously, I'm joined by Sean and Isaiah always and welcoming in Justin and Steve. Guys, there's a lot to talk about here. So, Let's not waste any time. Let's get to our my first. I'm gonna we're gonna start with some kind of around the hornish topics. Uh, you know, just go around and, and, and give our pieces. So first thing I want to know with you guys, and we'll start. We'll go. We'll go to my right. So we'll start with Sean. Uh, just tell me what's one upset you're you're pretty much guaranteeing in your bracket for um for the round of sixty four. Yeah, the one uh, that I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Oregon State over Tennessee. Um, I think that we see pretty much every year we see 12s beating fives, and I think this is, has a good chance to be one of them. Uh, Oregon State had a very impressive run in the the Pac-12 uh, championship. They beat some really good teams, some tourney teams, including you know Colorado, uh, UCLA, and Oregon, and they're playing their best ball uh, at the right time right now. And I think Tennessee. Uh, you know, they had a great start to the season, but in their past 15 games, they're eight and seven uh, and they, they have had a lot of success uh, offensively. So I think this is a team that could uh, very well be an upset alert. And I think Oregon State is playing uh, very good at the right time. So I, I think that would be my lock for uh, an upset. Isaiah, who you got? Someone's going to make me change my bracket. Um, <laughs> actually, I got I got Ohio, actually. I think Ohio is going to pull off upset. I think Jason Peters is actually really um, – excuse me, Jason Preston is a really good um, player over there. Uh, probably the best point guard in the nation right now. Definitely going to be a first-round pick in the draft. Kids averaging 16.7 rebounds and seven assists. I think him alone is going to be enough to um, be a game-changer. So I have Ohio winning um, upset in the first round. Nice, nice. Justin, who you got? Who are you guaranteeing to win the first round? 
I get the 23 and one Winthrop Eagles. I've seen this team play a few times. Um, they got six foot seven point guard Chandler Vondre, who's a Juco transfer. Um, the way they play defense is really aggressive. And without Colin Gillespie for the Villanova Wildcats, uh, I feel like Winthrop's going to be able to force a lot of turnovers. They also have Tennessee transfer DJ Burns, Barnes down low. Um, we'll see how much he plays against Nova because he's, he's got, his body compares like a Zach Randolph, so it's tough to play with Nova. Um, but they're undersized, but I'll take Winthrop. Steve, what do you, who do you got? I don't like saying this because I'm a UConn fan, but I got Syracuse over San Diego State, and here's the reason why. <laughs> San Diego State really struggled from three-point range against Utah against uh, Utah State in the uh, Mountain West Championship game. And Buddy Beheim, he's been playing really well. And Syracuse, you saw, they almost beat Virginia. I know the ACC is not that good, but Virginia was the number one seed in the ACC. Syracuse almost beat them. And, and, and let's be honest, I don't like Syracuse because I'm a UConn fan. I can't stand them. I can't stand Bayheim, But his teams play really well in the tournament. I mean, in 2013, we remember they were the number four seed and they got to the final four. In 2016, they were the number uh, 10 seed and they got and they got to the uh, and they got to the final four again. And then in 2018, they were the number 10 seed and they got to the Sweet 16, upsetting Michigan State. So Bayheim's teams play really well in the tournament. I think I think that continues this year. I think I think they're a lock to beat San Diego State uh, tomorrow night. Nice, nice. That's that's actually a really good pick. Yeah, you're right about Jim Mayheim. Something about the tournament just gets him going. Um, but so, uh, I'm gonna go with like Sean said. Another basically every year you see a 12-5 upset. I'm gonna go with out of the East region. Uh, I'm gonna go Georgetown over Colorado, and that's just for the the only reason is Georgetown went on an incredible run to um, win the Big East championship. They steamrolled Creighton, a team I think that UConn should have beaten. Um, in that Big East tournament, but they absolutely um, should have. Yes, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you saw it. You saw. I think they're two stars, Mahoney and someone else, not the point guard, but it was um one of their other players uh, combined to shoot. I think it was like two for twenty in that game, and they I just think got, it was uh, Mitch Ballack. Yep, that's who it yeah. was. They absolutely got steamrolled by Georgetown. So I think Georgetown's a team who has a lot of momentum heading into this tournament. Uh, Patrick Ewing, obviously, it's his. I think it's his first tournament, so he'll be looking to turn up the gear uh, extra hard for that for that game. And uh, I think Georgetown's going to beat Colorado here. And um, so my next question for you guys, we'll, we'll go in reverse order this time. We'll start with Steve, go to Justin, and then Isaiah, Sean, and myself. Uh, a lot of these teams who are seated below 10, you know, uh, you don't really get to see them play on national TV too often. So, I, I want to know, you guys, who's one team uh, seated below 10, 10 or lower, that you're looking forward to watching here in the first round? Uh, for me, it's Winthrop. I mean, 23-1, and one, I think they I think they have a really good team. I'm, I'm excited. because I've not seen a Winthrop game all year, I admit that. So I'm really excited to see them play. And I got them in my Sweet 16. Nice. I got the uh, – I'm actually changing it. Well, from Winthrop, I got Ohio in the, the team I'm looking most forward to playing. Um, I saw them play against Illinois. They should have beat Illinois back on Black Friday. They only lost by two points. They gave them all they could handle. Um, that's the first time I saw Jason Preston. He put up 30 against them. Um, even nights when he he's not a great scorer, he'll go out and get eight assists and another eight rebounds. He's just a great all-around player. Um, and then Dwight Wilson down low as well. I'm excited to watch this Ohio team if they can keep if they can uh, speed up Virginia in the first round. Nice, uh, Isaiah. Who you got? Who you looking forward to watching? I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure actually what seed they are, but uh, UC Santa Barbara actually. I'm actually going to see them play. I don't ever get a chance to see them play. Heard they're actually a really good team. Um, they should 
be able to win this week, I hear. They're, they're one of the teams I picked upset this week because, obviously, like you guys said, Creighton hasn't been playing really great. So I'd see them winning that game. But, like I said, it's a chance to see a team I don't really get to see. I don't. No, right. Uh, Santa Barbara is a 12 seed, so that is a good pick right there. Uh, I'm also looking forward to watching that. Sean, who you got? Uh, yeah, Zay took mine. I was going to go with UC Santa Barbara, but, uh, I mean, like, like he said, I mean, Creighton, they rely on their shooting really heavily. So if they, they have an off night shooting, then I mean, it, they could be beaten by anyone and, uh, Santa Barbara, they've won 18 in their last 19. So, uh, I'm interested to see because they, they had a really easy schedule, I think, you know, uh, throughout their season. So I want to see how they play against better competition. And also I, I hate Creighton because of what they did to UConn this year. And they have a racist head coach, which makes it even worse. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of Creighton. So I'd like to see them upset in the first round. So I definitely want to see uh, what Santa Barbara could bring. Yeah, let's get Creighton out of here. I like that pick. Um, mm-hmm. But one, one team I'm looking forward to watching, and uh, this is all because of who their head coach is, is um, Iona. And they're going up against Rick Patino. Um, yep, they're going up against Alabama. Uh, Rick Patino, obviously one of the most uh, two things. He's obviously one of the most decorated coaches in college basketball history, but he's also one of the most controversial uh, coaches in, in NCAA basketball history. So it'll be exciting to see what he can do with a with a team, obviously with little to no experience in this tournament. I know Iona has been. Been a been a face around the 15, 16 seed the last couple of years, but um, you know when you have a coach like Rick Pitino, anything in my mind is possible. So we'll see. Obviously, he's someone who knows what it feels like to go all the way and win the championship. So he knows a few things about winning around a sixty four game. So I'm excited to see how he gets his players ready to play in that game there. Um, get, get my next question up here. We'll reverse the order once again. <laughs> I'll start with Sean. Um, Sean. Your opinion, man, who is the weakest number one seed in this tournament? Yeah, I think this one's pretty easy for me. I think it's got to be Michigan. Um, I think, you know, they had a COVID-19 pause a little over a month ago. And, you know, once they came back from that, they really haven't looked the same. I mean, they were looking dominant before that. Um, so I just don't think they, they've they been the same ever since that COVID pause. And then on top of that, they're going to be without one of their top scorers, uh, Isaiah Livers. Um, so, I mean, they have really good big men and, and Hunter Dickerson. and. Uh, and uh, Franz Wagner, but I, I think that they're going to miss the scoring of Isaiah Livers. So I think that uh, they'd easily be my my team for the weakest number one seed. Isaiah, who's your weakest number one? I'm assuming a lot of us are going to have the same answer here. <laughs> <laughs> You're on mute there, buddy. Oh, I didn't even realize I was on mute. <laughs> uh, you guys are messing with me. Um, Obviously, I, I was thinking Baylor, honestly, but I haven't had a chance really to see Baylor play much. I don't really know much about them. I just know they're at number one. So for me, I haven't not hearing much about them to me makes them to me, in my opinion, seem that they the worse. Obviously, it's not from a basketball opinion, but it's just from the little bit of knowledge I know on them. So obviously I'm going Baylor. It wouldn't be Gonzaga. I, I obviously I'm picking them to go all the way. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's definitely Baylor for me. Justin, who you got? Yeah, I'm going with Sean. I got Michigan as well. It does, yeah, it sounds like you know, livers. They don't want to turn into a um, a stress factor, I guess. So yeah, yeah, you know, losing him with that three point shooting ability and the way Michigan loves to spread it out, um, I think Michigan could be in trouble. Especially if they match up with an LSU team that's not great defensively, but they could put up 80 points on any given team any night with Camp Thomas. So I worry about Michigan. 
And, and for me, it's 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 obviously Michigan. It's 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 so obvious. I mean, even the preseason, they were picked for seventh overall in the in the conference. And it, yes, they, Juwan Howard did a great job with them. But if you watch them late in the season, I mean, if you contain Hunter Dickinson, Michigan is not is not a great team. And you saw that when you saw that when they played Illinois without Io Desumo. Illinois beat them by over twenty points. You saw that when they went to Michigan State. Michigan State beat them. So. You contain Hunter Dickinson. This is not a great team. And pers- in my bracket, and, and Ted made a good point, LSU could beat them. I have LSU beating them in my bracket. So Ooh. I think this is a very, very obvious one that it, that it is Michigan. Damn. I like yeah. That. Um, so I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to um, back up Isaiah here. I'll give it a little more reason, but um, and not to not to bash on you, Isaiah. I understand uh, not hearing a lot about a team can certainly weaken them in your opinion but i'm also going to go with baylor i think um you know there's this famous clip that goes around there floats up every time march madness comes around and it's um what's his name torian uh torian waller prince torian prince yeah. yeah and it's um it's it's about rebounds and you know how does yale out rebound baylor and you know <laughs> baylor ended up losing that game and and baylor they're not the strongest rebounding team in 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 college basketball and i think that ultimately can really, really yeah. hurt you in a game. You know, obviously sometimes it's not make or break, but sometimes it Lucas, is. Lucas, Lucas, their guard play is the best in the country. I mean, with, yeah. with Mitchell, with with uh, Butler, with Teague. They have two All-Americans on that team. Jared Butler, uh, uh, Mitchell, and, and, and Teague. Those are, those are three top guards in the country and two All-Americans. You can't I, criticize how <laughs> – yeah, they, their inside game is not good, but their guard play is the best in the country. I do I know I do agree with you there um you know but I I think sometimes second chance points can make or break you and if you give up a lot I think you're very vulnerable so I'm going to stick with Baylor there even though I do know they are a very good team I think they do everything right they can uh they can get in but you know a couple slip ups on the uh, offensive glass can certainly mess you up um so we're going to get into a little bit of Yukon here UConn faces Maryland in uh, one of the 7-10 matchups here. Uh, guys, I just want to know, basically, uh, I know Isaiah's not a UConn fan in here, but um, the rest of you guys, Isaiah, you can still give your take on this because, you know, it's, it's college basketball. That's what we're here to talk about. Steve, we'll start with you. Um, how confident are you in UConn? I am confident. I'm confident that they are going to win this game. I think that they have the advantage inside with Sanago. You saw how good Sanago played against Creighton. I think, uh, yes, Morsell is good defensively, but Maryland does not have a player on the floor as good as James Boaknight. And I still think, even though James Boaknight didn't take over against Creighton, I still think he's going to have a really good game against Maryland. And I'm confident because Maryland really doesn't have an inside game. Last year with Jalen Smith, they had an inside game. This is not the, This is not the team Maryland was last year. This is a you know, above average team at best. I think UConn in their first tournament game in five years, I think they get a win. Justin, you got, or you got, a, how's UConn's chances looking for you? I'm very worried. I think they pull it he, out, but I'm, he said that worried. on the show on yesterday too. Yes, because Maryland likes to grind you out. And as we saw Friday night and we've seen all year, UConn loses games when they have to play in the half court offense. And Maryland loves to do that. And it's a team that they get back on defense. They don't crash you off into glass, so they're not going to have a lot of fast-break opportunities. I feel like they're almost Marcel. If he's able to guard James Boaknight in the half-court, you know, I just don't like, you know, I don't like the way their half-courts run. It, you know, they look like they're half-motion. They, you know, run their sets in half-motion. So 
I'm very worried. I think you guys can pull it out because their defense, Maryland's not, you know, Eric Ayala, Darren Mosell is a really good guards, but I think they find a way to pull it out, but I'm very worried. Isaiah, you got a take on this UConn game? I know you're a Notre Dame guy, but uh, how's UConn's chances looking? <laughs> uh, definitely no take, but uh, um, it's going to be a good one. Both teams finished the season strong, so it, I believe it could go either way. I don't get to watch much UConn basketball, nor do I care for it. Like you said, I'm a Notre Dame fan. But I, I hope, it, like I said, I hope it's enjoyable. Confidence level, there's none for me because I, I care less for UConn guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Connecticut guys, but I don't care for you. That hurts. Even though yeah. them and Notre Dame used to have a little bit of a rivalry when they were in the Big East, a little yeah. bit. You can call it that. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of time we spent. In. Yeah, yeah. Notre yeah. Dame like divisions outside independent, apparently. <laughs> uh, Sean, you liking UConn's chances here in this first round matchup? I am liking UConn's chances. Um, I think that a lot of teams that made it, like Rutgers, Wisconsin, and Maryland, I, I think the only reason they made it is because of the Big Ten hype. I, I think that it's similar to SEC in football. I think that, you know, uh, just because they're in the Big Ten and, and they had uh, their average teams, uh, and because they have they have a lot of losses and they're also great teams, but I, I just don't believe that Maryland's a great team. And I think that uh, it's a good matchup for UConn. I think that, you know, Maryland relies on their shooting, uh, similar to Creighton. But I think that uh, UConn's ball pressure on defense, uh, especially in the the front court, I, I think that it's really good with guys like RJ Cole and Book Knight and, and Tyrese Martin, or I mean back backcourt, excuse me. But um, anyways, I, I think that it's a good matchup for them, and I, I do think that James Book Knight is going to be frustrated uh, his performance against Creighton. I think that he's going to want to take over uh, in this game, and and like Steve said, Adama Sinogo has been playing spectacular uh, over the past month. I, I think that. He's one of the best post scorers that I've seen in the country this year, and he's just uh, continued to improve uh, better and better. And I think if guys like Tyrese Martin and RJ Cole can step up uh, scoring-wise, I think that UConn uh, could be a very scary team, and I, I think that they, they do have a chance to make a run, and I, I think that uh, they'll beat Maryland pretty handily. Yeah, you know, as, as strange as it might sound, I think, um, you know, a lot of people don't think of Sonogo as, as a X-factor player on this UConn team. I think he can have – Besides James Booknight, obviously, who's the best player on this team and one of the best players in the country, I, I think Sonogo can have you know a make or break performance in this game. I think you know he gets down in the paint, gets that little baby hook going, and it's so smooth. Probably one of the smoothest little hook shots I've seen in college basketball in a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think Sonogo is is definitely key here for UConn. And then, like Steve said, you know when Booknight's on on his game, he's a hard guy to stop. And you know Maryland, while they do play physically and they do play hard defense, they do try to wear you out. I don't. I think UConn is going to do a good job here of um, of controlling the pace, and I, I like UConn to win this game. You know, I don't want to say easily, but I'm fairly confident that UConn will win this game. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Isaiah Whaley is a big X factor too. I, I think he's one of the best rim protectors uh, in the nation, so I, I think that he's going to have a lot to do um, with UConn's success. Yeah, I, I believe Whaley is uh, top ten in the country in blocks. If yeah. I'm not wrong, he's definitely up there, yeah. which is incredible. I, I I think that's a an amazing stat. We haven't had a an elite rim protector like that since the Amita Brima days, and we know what happened with Amita Brima was on the team. We won a national championship, so don't want to jinx anything. Knock on wood, but um, but things are things are looking awfully similar here to 2014, and I'm not saying that's uh, a bad, I'm not saying I don't that's know a bad. About that. 
I, I don't know about that. I mean, in 2014, I mean, I think I think that team proved like they beat Florida during the regular season, who was one of the best teams in the country. I mean, they got to the final of the AAC tournament and lost to Louisville. So I don't see the comparisons of 2014. I don't think the team can make a run like it did in 2014. But the one, the one comparison you do have is they were a seven seed that year and they're a seven seed this year. Yes, I mean, I, you, know, I yeah. you know with Boknet, I know Boknet hasn't it had its inner Kemba or Shabazz yet, but. He's good enough to have that moment, you know. I know we haven't seen it, but he—I could see them going on a run. It, you yeah. know, I think it depends. They can play up tempo. I think they can do it. I—I I think the other guys need to step up too because the 2014 team, obviously Shabazz was great, but I, I think Ryan Boatwright had a big part to do with that too. And I, I think they're going to need a score like that either out of R.J. Cole or Tyrese Martin. So I, I do believe Absolutely. in Boatwright. Yeah, I think he can do it, but I, I think the supporting cast is really uh, what it comes down to. Oh, 100%. I agree with that. So, that's hero. Baz is goaded as far as um, as far as UConn players are concerned. Um, so, uh, before we get into some of the deeper questions I had here, we're gonna get into just the last little, little quick question here. Uh, guys, basically, quick if you had to pick a Team seeded 13 or lower to win their first game in this first round. Who are you taking? We'll start with you, uh, Sean. Uh, I'm going to go with Moorhead State uh, over West Virginia. I think that West Virginia, they're usually known for their defense with uh, Marty Huggins, but uh, their defense isn't as dominant as it has been in the past. Um, so I, I think that Moorhead State, they're also an experienced team. I believe that, you know, four of their five starters are, uh, you know, junior, they're upperclassmen. So I think the experience definitely helps. Uh, in the tournament, and I, I think that uh, they definitely have a chance to go out and beat West Virginia. Isaiah, who do you got? Now, when you say lower, you mean like lower number, correct? Yeah, 13, like 13 to 16. 13 to 16. I mean, if you have a 16 seed win. A 16 has won before, though. Yes, a 16 has won a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I, outside of the upsets, I can't tell you any other team I'm thinking about winning. You don't, like, you don't got Hartford over Baylor? Come on. <laughs> I'm, not silly I'm not silly now. Who wants a ton of college basketball? But I'm not silly. Now, outside, like I said, outside of my, my upsets, I don't really have much. Most of those teams I don't watch anyway, so I really yeah. Don't. No, and you had mentioned earlier you have you think Ohio is a team that could win their first game, so that can count for you right there. Um, like I said, outside of my upset, I don't know anyone else there. So uh, Justin, I'm I'm very curious to hear who you got. I know you're a big college basketball guy, so hit me with it. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking a lot just because I, I yeah, I've seen all the like the mid majors, so um, you're kind of attached to them. But I'm going back to Ohio. I was between them and Colgate. I don't know if you know. I think Colgate can maybe want to shoot out with Arkansas, but I feel a lot more confident Ohio, um, especially with Virginia's kind of COVID issues right now. I really think just. Uh, Jason Preston could give them some issues. I think they match up well with Virginia because they don't have a ton of size. Ohio does either. So I'm going to take the Ohio Bucket. I feel pretty confident that they can knock off Virginia uh, in the first round. I'm going with UNC Greensboro as the number 13 seed to win over Florida State. And the big reason is because of Isaiah Miller. He is the two-time Southern Conference Player of the Year. I think he could take over in that game. The problem with Florida State for years is they never have a dom- They really never have a dominant player. They have a lot of good players. I know Scotty Barnes is a top prospect, but he hasn't shown he could be a dominant player uh, this year. So I like uh, UNC Greensboro over Florida State. No, that's an interesting pick. Um, 
I uh, I thought a lot about this one, and I, I've been going back and forth. I don't know. This is definitely a shot in the dark, but I would love to see Mr. Rick Pitino win an uh, win a, win an upset fifteen to two seed. And if, if they win, they'll probably play UConn. Yeah, and yeah. you know I don't want to jinx uh, UConn if yeah, that's yeah. that's what ends up happening, but yeah. I'd love to see Iona in the second round over Alabama any day. Um, but I, I think that'd be just so cool. Um, it's more of a want than what I what I would choose if I had to, but we'll go with that. We'll go with Iona. I think um, I think that would just be really cool to see. Um, so especially with uh, Louisville and Kentucky both out of the tournament. It's yeah, no, a hundred, hundred percent. The last, the last, the last. Um, so getting into some of the deeper stuff here. Um, I wanted to ask you guys who, you know, we all filled out our brackets, of course. Um, I want to know what's one team you have making a Cinderella run in your Sweet Sixteen that you think is, you know kind of unique other people could obviously have that in theirs but you know who's one team in the sweet 16 you think you kind of you kind of can see making that run that not a lot of other people see uh song we'll start with you gotcha uh yeah i, I went with uh, i mentioned them before but uh as a team that i wanted to see but i'm going with santa barbara um hope i, I think that they can be creighton um obviously like i said creighton uh relies on their shooting they couldn't be very streaky at times we saw it against georgetown uh in the big east championship so uh, it's it's more of a want than I I think that they actually can make it, but I I do believe they can make a run, and uh, if they do win that game, they would play Virginia after that, and I don't think Virginia uh, is dominant as in years past. Obviously, the ACC was super weak this year, so I I think that you know they took advantage of that beating some of the uh, the weaker teams. Uh, aside from Florida State, I think they're pretty good, but I do think that Santa Barbara is the one team that could make a Sweet 16 a run, and I have them in my Sweet 16 right now. Isaiah, you got any unique picks for your Sweet 16? Yeah, surprisingly, I'm probably not surprised to you guys because you guys are college basketball fans, but I have Bama in there. I know Bama's very known for football, but they've been shooting the three ball well and they play really good defense. And I think that they could be quiet enough of a team that people would overlook to make it into that Sweet 16. So I, I have Bama up there as a surprise to myself when I pick my um when I pick my bracket. Uh, I don't know yeah, you know. Alabama is kind of new to the um, <laughs> the top seeded college game, if you want to say that. Uh, they were obviously uh, very good this year, but you know, you, you got a lot of teams like I just said. Iona, I think, has a chance to beat them in the first round, and then UConn's no easy matchup in the next round if they get there. So I can definitely um, definitely see that being somewhat of a of a tough road for Alabama. So that's a good pick there, Zay. Uh, Justin, who you got? I got Winthrop. I think, you know, I already said that. I think they can knock off Villanova. Then if they get Purdue, it's a very young team. They have a ton of freshmen. Trevion Williams um, is Purdue's best player, but I think DJ, DJ Burns could shut him down, down or slow him down, down in the post. So I could, I could see Winthrop making a sweet 16 run or even, in, you know, if North Texas beats Purdue, I think Winthrop would be able to knock off North Texas. Steve? Uh, I'm going to go with LSU, and here's why. I, Cam Thomas, great shooter. You should have seen some of the shots he made in that uh, SEC championship game. He was shooting from half court. He was, he was He's a great shooter. He's obviously going to be a top 15 pick in the NBA next year. Uh, Javante Smart is a good player, too, and so is, so is Wofford. I think with the talent of LSU, 
They very easily can. I have them going. They, I have them in my elite eight just because of the talent and the bracket they're in. They're going up against Michigan. I think, and obviously, I said it earlier. Michigan's by far the worst one seed in the tournament. So I think LSU makes a run not only to the Sweet Sixteen. In my opinion, I think they make a run to the Elite Eight. Well, that's a nice pick there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going uh, to one of the teams that historically has had good NCAA tournaments in the past, and uh, they've been in a few championships as far as I can remember in the days. Uh, that's North Carolina. I got them taking out Baylor in the second round, and I understand Baylor. Uh, Steve's very high on Baylor. Um, but I, I think this March is just a time where anything can happen. And like I know, I, I know. Saying, I, I get it. Like I say, with the um, the whole, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Rick Pitino pulled out a win in the in the NCAA tournament. Same there with Roy Williams at North Carolina. I think that having experience as a head coach is very important. Uh, I understand their offense isn't that great, but they do play tough defense. So even Just with, as- with with Brooks and Baycott, you know, up front, they could they could actually destroy Baylor on on the glass. But you know, I worry about North Carolina. Their guards are so inexperienced. But look, if they fire up some shots. I think North Carolina could have a bunch of second chance points. Yeah, I, I, all you have to do is make some make some threes, and then, you know, like you said, uh, I, I talked about earlier, Baylor is not the greatest rebounding team. So if you can go out there get some get some uh, second chance points on this Baylor team, I think they're very vulnerable in that sense. Yeah, they 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 are with the four guard lineup. They don't really have much even on the bench that are uh, big guys. And then something too, I said Roy Williams actually twenty nine and zero in the first round, so. And yeah, Justin's like not, not a big Roy guy. He's not a big Roy guy. <laughs> the only time they wins it if they're if they're miles better than the than the team they're going up against. It's yeah, like in 05 and 09. And even yeah. 17, he was he was a, it was a little bit close. But 05 and yeah, 09, yeah, he was miles better than everybody that year. Those oh years. yeah, he had to win it those years. So that that's why I'm not the biggest Roy fan. He always he always holds on to his timeouts so at the end of the games. I never I never <laughs> understood it. All right, so we're going to get into our next question here. Um, this is kind of different than anything we've talked about today on the show, but um, I want to know, you guys, who uh, is you know one of the top NBA prospects you're looking forward to watching in the tournament here? Steve, we'll start with you. Oh, it's obvious. It's it's Cade Cunningham. I mean, he's just phenomenal. The guy could shoot the three. The guy could pretty much do anything. He's been phenomenal in the second half of the season for Oklahoma State. And I'm asking just for one matchup in March Madness. Can, can we please get... Illinois against Oklahoma State, please. Mm-hmm. That's the only matchup I'm watching. I'm telling you, if they play, I'll be more excited for that game than I'll be for the national championship game. That's how exciting that'll be. Because in my opinion, Illinois is the best team, and you're and you got the best and you got the best player in Kate Cunningham and the consensus number one overall pick. So I really, really want to see that matchup. But Kate Cunningham is definitely the player that I'm really, really looking forward to watch throughout the tournament. I, I cannot stand the fact that Oklahoma State got a number four seed. It was absolutely ridiculous they got a, they got a number four seed. They should have been at least a number three seed. They beat uh, they beat West Virginia and Baylor in the Big 12 tournament and lost to Texas, but Texas had the night off the, the, the night before. There's no way Oklahoma State should have been the number four seed in, in, in this tournament. That is absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. Justin, who you got? Yeah, I was shocked that Oklahoma got snubbed there. Um, I got a guy that's kind of off the radar, Chris um, Duarte up at Oregon. He's a senior. He's kind of going late second round. This guy would be an All-American if he played for a team on the East Coast. He's a three-level scorer. I think Oregon's going to make a run in this thing. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping – I think America's going to learn his name, and I think he's going to have a big tournament for the Ducks. 
Isaiah, uh, you, you're hot on NBA prospects, so tell me who you got. Who you, who you looking forward to watching here in this tournament? I'm not hot on them, but it is Jason Preston because my team is in need of a point guard, so I will <laughs> be watching his games. Now, he, uh, obviously, like you said, he, he's a first round talent. A lot of people are comparing him to the Lamelo Ball of last year's draft it, 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 type of prospect he is. And like I said, my team needs a point guard, so he's going to be one of the people I'm definitely looking into since we missed out on John Morant. A couple of years ago, so that's definitely someone I'm gonna be looking at. Sean, uh, who are you looking forward to watching? Yeah, um, I was gonna go with Cade Cunningham because uh, he's absolutely electric. But uh, I think Evan Mobley is another guy that I'm definitely looking forward to from USC. Um, he's an absolute beast in the paint down low. Uh, he's averaging you know 17 and nine. He also gives you three blocks a game, uh, and, and he does it super efficiently. I'm pretty sure he's shooting over you know 55 percent from the field. So uh, he he's a great player. I think that uh, if I think USC can make a run if he starts to dominate, and I definitely think that he can uh, get to that level. So definitely Evan Mobley is a, ga- uh, a guy that I have my eyes on. Yeah, for me, uh, I know a lot of people haven't been talking about him since uh, nearly the beginning of the season, but uh, it's my man over in Iowa, Luca Garza. I uh, think that a lot of teams are going to – he's like an OB Toppin. Uh, a lot of teams are going to – pass up on him because he's older he's a four-year guy at iowa but i think this guy you know he's he's an elite scorer he's a great shooter for someone his size and i I think he can kind of just do everything he's one of those you know can do it all guys so i'm looking forward to watching um iowa and luca garza play in this tournament hopefully they don't get upset because that would not be good for uh, the fan point of view um another thing i wanted to talk about um, I wanted to know your guys' opinion on undefeated teams. Uh, Gonzaga obviously is coming into this this tournament undefeated. Um, Sean, we'll start with you. Do you think that that teams uh, are cursed that are undefeated in the NCAA tournament? I mean, it's been almost forty years since uh, an undefeated team has won an NCAA championship. Yeah, um, I, I do think they're cursed. Actually, I just, uh, I mean, it happens every year. Someone. Not every year, but I mean, whenever someone makes it late into the season with an undefeated record, I'm just waiting for them to to get beat. We saw it with uh, Kentucky the year that Anthony Davis was there. They ended up winning the national championship, but they they lost a late season game to Indiana. And I, I just think it, it's so tough to go throughout a whole season, um, you know, undefeated. Obviously, Gonzaga has been dominant up to this point, but I think that, you know, and I think that they will get to the final four with relative ease. But I, I think once they get there, they're going to run into some really good teams. So. I think that Gonzaga will get right up to that point, uh, you know, of close to an undefeated season. But I think at the very end that they they will end up losing. Isaiah, you think they're cursed to Gonzaga? You think Gonzaga can break that streak? I hope they're not cursed. They got the winning it all, like I said earlier. <laughs> um, I do think though, like Sean said, it's very hard to be undefeated because everyone is giving you your best shot every night. You know, always under you know the spotlight. You know, you don't get you know teams giving you they have. They're like, you know, I, I can't I don't know how to put it. Right. <laughs> but you, you know, you're going to get the best of teams, you know. So to go through a season undefeated in any sport is, is difficult, and especially in a tournament situation where it's one elimination and everything matters, the pressure is just even higher than at that point. Undefeated, it's not impossible, but it's definitely very hard. Definitely. Uh, Justin, Gonzaga, yeah, yeah. they break that curse. Yeah, well, they're, they're definitely good enough. But I do kind of feel like there's there's been a curse. You know, you remember what that Wichita team back 2012 with Fred Van Lee and uh, Ron Baker, and they got bounced in round of 32. 
you know, Kentucky 2014 team, 2015, you know, they struggled down the stretch and then um, Wisconsin knocked them out. You know, they really struggled, I think, going to the SEC tournament. So it's just so hard to go through a full season undefeated because you're going to get everybody's best shot game in and game out. And now, especially in the tournament, again, I think Gonzaga does make the final four, but I think, you know, once they get there, I think they struggle to to finish the finish the job. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. <laughs> I got money to win. Stop saying that. Steve, uh, uh, give me your I, take. I don't believe in curses, but I, I think in terms of a team going undefeated, I think it's just very hard for any team to go undefeated in any sport. I mean, obviously, we all a lot of all of us are Giants fans. I mean, outside of Justin, all, all of us are Giants fans. We all know with the Patriots when they went eighteen and zero and they and they lost the last game. There hasn't been a team in the NFL that's gone undefeated in almost a fifty almost fifty years. So I just think it's so hard to go undefeated in in any sport. It's just it's just really 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 hard. That's I don't think they're cursed. I just think it's just so difficult to do it, especially with all the parity in college basketball. Yeah, no, that you're right. I um, I, I am concerned about Gonzaga though, not because I uh, feel that they're not a talented team. I think they're very very talented. Um, but I I do worry that you know teams who face these undefeated guys, even in the first and second rounds, they're going to be given 110 percent no matter what. So I, I feel like that can be kind of tough for. For a team to deal with here um so i wanted to get into the kind of final questions here of the day um guys i just want to go around basically why don't you hit me with your final four first um we'll go sean zay justin then steve uh who's in your final four after that we'll say our national championship and then after that we will say who our champion is sean start us off yeah, my final four would be Gonzaga playing Florida State, and then uh, I have Arkansas playing Illinois on the other side. Isaiah, final four. Who's that? Fortunately, guys, I haven't picked my final four yet. Oh, Still no. Still got to win. My God. Keeping not, us hanging, not, Isaiah. Not my official bracket. I have Gonzaga winning it all, but I haven't finished picking my final four. You guys all right, all right. I like it, given the, you know, making sure you got everything right up in your head. I don't mind that. Uh, Justin, you got a final four? I do. It's not – not official yet. I'll probably change it another ten times, but <laughs> before that, before noon tomorrow. But I, right now, I get Gonzaga, Alabama, Baylor, and Oklahoma State in the Final Four. Steve, who you mine got? is mine is Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, and Illinois. All right, I guess it's my turn. I got, and this is a surprise because I haven't heard anyone say this team. I have Iowa in the final four iowa facing texas and on the other side i have ohio state facing oklahoma state steve we'll go to you who's your national champion or uh, why don't you give us your championship game and then tell us who you got winning it in my championship game i got gonzaga against illinois and then i got illinois uh ending gonzaga's undefeated season and winning the national championship nice nice justin who you got I got Oklahoma State taking on Alabama, and I got Alabama winning the national championship. Isaiah, I know you said Gonzaga is your champion. Do you have an opponent for them? That's right now. It's between Villanova and Ohio State for me. I Villanova, know. that's Nova. I picked a couple upsets on the board. All right, you gotta, you gotta guess. <laughs> There's gonna be some games where we're gonna be sitting there like, I can't believe this happened. That it happens every year. How many year. years do I go with just the the, the high? No. There's going to be a couple of those games in there mixed in there. I'm telling you. Sean, 
What's your national championship and who's your national champion? Yeah, I'm with Steve on this one. I, I have Illinois and Gonzaga, and I also have Illinois uh, winning it with uh, – I. You know, I, I think that they're going to end Gonzaga's uh, perfect season in the last game. I think that Kofi Coburn and uh, Io, uh, I, I don't even want to butcher his last name, but I, I think that they, they've been tremendous this season. I, I think that they're going to end up winning the whole thing. You know what? I might have the fan-favorited um, national championship here, you know. But, hey, like Isaiah said, anything can happen. And you know, I feel like I'll be one of the uh, one of the few who have this championship game. I have Luca Garza in Iowa taking on Cade Cunningham in Oklahoma State in the national championship, and I have the Iowa Hawkeyes taking it all. I know that's a kind of shot in the dark, even though they're a two seed, but I can certainly see it happening. I think they're uh, a team that can give a good challenge to Gonzaga, and I think after Gonzaga, they'll just coast. I think they'll be so high on that win that they'll just coast through the whole tournament. And um, they definitely have the offense to do it. Yeah, no, the hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> unless um, unless anyone has any any closing statements here, I think that'll do it for our March Madness preview. Here, anyone have anything left to say? Go Huskies! Saturday yep. night. That's right. UConn all the way, right, Isaiah? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you to Justin and Steve for coming on. Uh, Sean and Isaiah, thank you as always for your contributions to the show. Um, we'll be back on Saturday with an NBA version of the show. I know we gave up the NBA today, but you kind of have to do that. It's one of the biggest times of the year, March Madness. Uh, it should be a fun few weeks, guys. So I'm looking forward to rubbing my, my perfect bracket in all your faces. So uh, <laughs> I'll see you guys soon. Uh, check out clovercrestmedia.com. All of our other podcasts are available there. Uh, we'll, like I said, we'll be back on Saturday. We are live every Tuesday. I know we're on a Thursday here, but we are live every Tuesday at 5 and Saturday at 1. Uh, so for Sean, Isaiah, Justin, and Steve, this has been Lucas Bolduck in the Posting Up Podcast. And as always, shout out to Jake's producing for us. Peace. Mm-hmm.